Welcome back to Lutheran Weekly, after a week off for Christmas and New Year's. I know I said we wouldn't have any more weeks off, and since that didn't pan out, I'm again offering a full refund for this already free podcast. I hope you all had a blessed Christmas. Tomorrow's Epiphany, the celebration that Christ came for all people of all nations, which also means all languages, too. So I was sitting down to lunch yesterday, and my almost eight-year-old daughter says to me, Dad, can we do another part of the catechism? They enjoy occasional discussions about various parts of the catechism, and I occasionally, but not often enough, include that in our dinner table conversations. But what if we had no catechism in our napkin holder? What if we had no catechism in English? I have a hard enough time with my old King James translation catechism, much less in other language, since my German is about good enough to get me a bratwurst. So much for epiphany. But of course, I have plenty of resources available to me, including the entire text of the Catechism available online in beautiful 1980 English. But while the Bible has been translated into every language, including two different Klingon languages, our Lutheran confessions and other texts haven't been so readily available. But this week we have an organization that's doing something about that. Then, stay tuned for a related suggestion of the week and a tech tip for churches celebrating anniversaries or other special events. And by the way, my well is starting to dry up on tech tips and suggestions of the week, so I welcome any suggestions from you, our faithful listeners. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But what if you couldn't read the Word of God because it's not in your language? Or imagine trying to catechize your children without a catechism in your language. Enter Lutheran Heritage Foundation, an organization committed to making disciples of all nations. Today we have Rev. Dr. Robert Ron, Founder and Executive Director. Welcome, Dr. Ron. Thank you. Good to be with you today. Could you begin with the history of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation? Uh, yes. Uh, back in uh, uh, 1992 is when we organized the uh, group. Um, it was that time when the uh, wall was coming down in Russia, and it was our intent to uh, go to Russia and help restore Lutheranism in that uh, country, which had been under the atheistic uh, communistic rule for 70 years and when I went to visit several times it was uh, observed that uh, they had a strong interest in learning English as a second language and so uh, we did first of all publish a side-by-side New Testament in English and in uh, Russian as our first effort and um, that was the beginning of our, our work and then requests started coming for Lutheran materials that had been lost uh, during that uh, 70 years of uh, atheism. And so things like the catechism and uh, uh, confessional theological works were put on the docket to be translated and published and distributed in that country. And so we started in Russia, and it was the only place that we decided to, to go. And today we're in uh, 90 countries uh, working in more than 90 languages. So uh, it was a, a Macedonian call repeated over and over again. Uh-huh. That's fascinating. So can you tell us more about uh, what Lutheran Heritage Foundation does today? Well, I, I guess um, uh, one of the best ways to describe our work is uh, to say that we're only continuing what uh, Dr. Martin Luther began when the Reformation took place. Uh, it was his purpose at the time of the Reformation to make sure that uh, people had 
material and literature in their own language, first of all, starting with the Bible, uh, so that they'd have access to the truth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is what we have done, is uh, to put uh, uh, confessional writings into the language and the heart language of people all over the world. Uh, we do not work uh, with the Bible very much. Uh, we leave that to the uh, Bible societies because they're more adept at that, but we we are very much involved in uh, providing the basic Lutheran materials. Uh, many of the books that pastors, uh, Lutheran pastors would have on their bookshelves are books that are being translated, published, and released in these various countries. And uh, Catechism, for instance, uh, uh, is now published in 43 languages, and we have about 20 other languages on the back burner that are being worked on right now. So uh, we go anywhere from the Catechism to the Book of Concord, and one of those uh, books of Concord are going to be released in two weeks uh, when I'm in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, uh, and we have a ceremony of uh, presenting and releasing the Book of Concord in the Ukrainian language. Hmm. And uh, in many of these cases, these are works that have never been in existence or they have gone out of existence because of persecution uh, by uh, governments that are hostile to Christianity. So what are some other, besides the Book of Concord and the Small Catechism, what are some other documents that you translated? Well, of course, we're, we're interested in uh, a correct understanding of Lutheranism, and that means uh, we want to get the message of law and gospel out there. So we, we do quite often uh, Walter's Law and Gospel or Peeper's summary of uh, Walter's Law and Gospel, a book called God's Yes, God's No. So... Uh, mm-hmm. And we, in many countries, we also want to get portions of the Book of Concord uh, because it takes a long time to publish uh, that whole work. Sure. So we'll publish portions like the Augsburg Confession, the uh, Formula of Concord, the Apology in separate volumes, and then gradually work into the full uh, Book of Concord. And we also do more modern works. Uh, um, Robert Kolb has been quite a prolific writer in the area of evangelism and uh, gospel outreach, and we've done a number of his books. Uh, Ed uh, Veith, who is a more modern writer, uh, we've done some of his work, and um, we also have started the uh, translation and publishing of the Concordia Commentary series. Um, the Volumes of Luke have been done in Latvian, and uh, other volumes will be published also in Russian. And we're waiting to have come off the press, um, since there's uh, there are very few uh, commentaries available of any kind. Uh, we uh, received permission uh, to uh, take the notes, the maps, uh, the special helps the footnotes, and so forth that appear in the Concordia Self-Study Bible and put them into a separate volume as a kind of a commentary, as a kind of a um, makeshift uh, situation until we're able to come out with commentaries. At least this gives lay people 
a chance to better understand uh, what they're reading by uh, referring to this uh, uh, volume that uh, is going to be coming off the press in Russian, for instance. And so uh, those are some of the uh, kind of books that are being published. Uh, uh, right now we're waiting uh, to come off the press with a little pamphlet that's called uh, The Bible, God's Handbook for Living. And this is being published in uh, English and Arabic uh, because we're concerned uh, about the growing population of uh, Muslims in the United States and other parts of the world. And this helps address the, that whole matter as an evangelistic tool to reach out to these uh, people who are coming in greater numbers into the United States. And so uh, sometimes uh, we reverse this process. Uh, a book might be published in uh, a foreign country and copies shipped here to be used at uh, universities uh, where we have uh, student ministries, uh, campus ministries going on. Or we may publish a book here like that handbook for Bible and ship it over to places like uh, Sudan uh, in Afghanistan uh, and uh, places like that. So uh, it, it's a lot of different uh, activity. Um, we're also right now working on publishing a uh, Bible with the Luther Small Catechism as an appendix in Spanish that's been requested in Panama. So uh, we use an existing uh, translation of the Bible in Spanish, uh, permission received from the uh, uh, Panama Bible Society for such an edition, and uh, hopefully that's going to be coming out this year also. So that's that's just a summary of some of the 310 titles that have been published uh, in the last uh, 10 or so years uh, around the world. Wow. So how do you just distribute the materials that you produce? Well, our distribution method is quite uh, uh, you know, controlled. Uh, this is not a case where you load them on a truck and back them up to a street and unload. Mm -hmm. uh, all distribution takes place in some type of uh, seminar conference setting. Uh, and if there's a Lutheran church in a particular country, oftentimes there's not, uh, but there's always uh, a some kind of uh, seminar or conference in which the book is released by going through the book and explaining what the content is and how it can be used in uh, parishes and in individual settings. And so uh, if there isn't a Lutheran church in existence, like was the case in Sudan, um, you still try to gather a group of people together uh, in which the distribution takes place and eventually congregations develop and uh, then you have a distribution avenue uh, in which to distribute it. Uh, so uh, all of these books are, up to this point, have been given away free of charge. And uh, in some countries like Russia and Latvia, where we've been working now for 12 years, uh, we may be getting to the point where we're going to be charging a nominal fee for the book uh, as the economy of these countries improves and they can afford to uh, at least uh, contribute a small amount 
and then they can put it into a treasury uh, which can be drawn on to publish additional works. So um, uh, distribution is an important aspect of the of the work, always in a controlled fashion. Well, that really makes sense because if you're just sort of handing it out to people randomly, or or even to um, you know a, a controlled group, but you don't give some sort of explanation to go along with it, yeah. you, sort of what do we do with it? You have a kind of a assisting staff for that because if you have translators working in an area they naturally are involved also in setting up distribution and uh, are helpful in that and um, in some places it's like in uh, we have an office in Nairobi Kenya and the distribution there is very sophisticated because we have a a complex where we can I mean the they have invited all the pastors that are part of the uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya to come in for week-long seminars on various parts like the Augsburg Confession, the Small Catechism, the Apology. And so there's ongoing education that takes place for the pastors. Then they take it to the congregation and instruct their membership. So there's different levels of distrib- distribution that's uh, dependent on how strong the church might be in a given area. Sure. Now, you mentioned some countries like Afghanistan where Christianity isn't all that uh, favorable. Um, and I was wondering, do you or others that distribute these materials face danger as they are distributing materials in those countries? Yes. Um, it's always... Uh, uh, a difficulty and uh, it, it uh, results sometimes in persecution and uh, uh, we've seen that in uh, some of the people that we've uh, been associated with we can name names of individuals who have lost jobs whose children have been uh, removed from school because they became a, a part of this confession um, we know of instances where uh, children have been kidnapped and because the parents have become involved with Lutheranism and the family has indicated that it's all right for the adults but not for the children, they attempted to uh, kidnap the children and take them back to the country where they came from. Um, This is a a case, uh, several cases in Somalia. In Sudan, we've seen some of our translators uh, that worked in Arabic that uh, had to leave uh, Khartoum, Sudan, because they lost their jobs, their kids were thrown out of school, and they had to go to Cairo, Egypt, in order to uh, find work and sustain themselves. And uh, so there's always the threat uh, in those kind of countries uh, where uh, especially... Uh, Islam is uh, strong uh, that we uh, encounter difficulties. So what kind of feedback have you received about Lutheran Heritage Foundation from both the uh, people receiving the materials and any other comments? Well, I suppose the, uh, the greatest feedback that you could possibly receive is uh, to be involved in Distribution, for instance, uh, as I was this summer in India, where we uh, distributed copies of a um, 
a book called 100 Bible Stories for Children. And to have uh, pastors and teach Sunday school teachers and the children themselves come forward to receive copies and to go back to their seat and to intently be looking at the volume and to realize that this, in this case, was the first book that they could call their very own. Hmm. And that happens over and over again. And um, one example, for instance, in Tanzania, where we released the catechism and where the Lutheran Church has existed for over a 100 years, they've never had the catechism in the Swahili language. And um, when uh, um, this was released, um, a pastor in the conference setting jumped up from his seat the first opportunity for questions and uh, in a rather emotional way asked the question, why was it that when the missionaries came, they left their books at home? Why has it taken us a hundred years to receive this book? And so those are some of the reactions uh, uh, because you're working in areas and in places where uh, people have nothing. And uh, when we look at our bookshelves and see all the books, uh, we find it hard to imagine a place where uh, there is no bookshelf and there are no books. And that when you can place a book into the hands of the person and say to them, this is yours, and to see their reaction, uh, this is the greater payment uh, that you receive for uh, the work that's being done. Do you have other interesting stories or experiences you'd like to share? Well, um, I would I would conclude by saying, uh, going back to where you started, faith comes by hearing and so forth, that mm-hmm. passage. There's another uh, familiar passage from the Book of Romans that's oftentimes used as a mission text for mission sermons, uh, where St. Paul says, but how can they call on him if they have not believed in him? How can they believe in him if they have not heard of him? How can they hear if no one preaches? How can they preach if they are not sent? And I sometimes add a question to uh, describe our work by asking, um, how will they read if we do not print? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation has found a niche in which to uh, operate and to provide a very important service to the church, uh, which we find very interesting that even during our 150-year history as a Lutheran church body, there's never been a group uh, organized in our church to do specifically this task of translating uh, books and materials into the language of the people, giving missionaries the opportunity to go to an area and not immediately get tied up and uh, using all their time to prepare materials, but they can do the actual mission work and we can provide the books and materials that they can use to carry the gospel to the four corners of the of the earth. amazes me that with all the the focus that we have on education and uh, the word and, and all that sort of thing that it took so long for, to get something like this started and thankful that you were able to, to get that going. Uh, but yeah, it really is surprising that it did take that long. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, we're, we're, we're glad to make people more aware of what we're doing. Uh, we do have a website um, that uh, people could uh, uh, go to and uh, find out more about the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. And that uh, website is uh, uh, www.lhfmissions.org. And uh, all the addresses and uh, further information could be found on that website. So what do you see as uh, Lutheran Heritage Foundation's greatest need right now to continue to reach out and even increase? Well, I, I think the uh, opportunities are unlimited. We, it's impossible for us to, uh, uh, you know, carry out uh, all the translation work uh, that's being requested. It's a uh, opportunity that will take us a long ways down the road before all of it is completed. Because, uh, for instance, there's in in most cases there there are no uh, uh, Luther's works in uh, these languages. So if you were to tackle Luther's works, you'd be tackling quite a, a large uh, undertaking. Absolutely. And then you've got all the commentaries, and uh, uh, we have translated the dogmatics, uh, Pieper's dogmatics, uh, J.T. Miller's dogmatics, uh, things like that. But uh, uh, there are so many other volumes that are helpful in uh, Lutheran theology, uh, Chemnitz, and uh, a lot of Luther sermons and so forth that uh, could be translated and uh, utilized to a great extent. There are things being written in some places like South Africa by Lutheran pastors, uh, sermons and so forth that we publish. And as we church, as the church grows uh, and they develop their own clergy, uh, there will be writings that we can help publish and uh, written by their own uh, native uh, uh, pastors. So, what's next for you and Lutheran Heritage Foundation? You mentioned the uh, event coming up in Ukraine. Are there other uh, things coming up on the horizon? Yes. Uh, Sudan is one of the big areas, and um, the church in Sudan, if you were to ask uh, Reverend Andrew Mabugu-Elisa, who is the president of the church body, uh, was started with five catechisms in the Book of Concord in English that we sent to him, and he began studying it and sharing it with people, and uh, a Lutheran church developed out of that. Hmm. And uh, uh, four years ago, we started a seminary in Khartoum, Sudan, uh, training uh, pastors and leaders, church leaders, and uh, uh, this church has gone from uh, nothing to uh, 75 congregations with almost 15,000 members in less than 10 years. Wow. And now, it, you know, Sudan has been under this persecution for 20 years, mm. and uh, finally peace to a certain extent, has come to the country. And many of the people, some two million, were displaced uh, to the north of Sudan. A lot of others fled to Ethiopia and into the Congo and Uganda. Uh, now are they, they're going to start coming back to the south. And we are moving the headquarters of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Sudan 
into the south of Sudan from the north, the north being more Muslim, the south being more Christian. Mm -hmm. And we have established ourselves in that area, and we're in the process of building what we call the uh, Rich Valley Lutheran Mission Center, which will house all the offices of the church, the publishing arm, the translation center, the seminary, a worship area, and uh, uh, that is being built right now in a little town called Baguga. That will become the Perry County of Sudan, hmm. is the way I see it, because the plan is that there will be a, a church built there, there will be a school built there, there will be a hospital and a high school. A school already exists with 600 students attending uh meeting in these straw-thatched roofed uh, buildings and uh, uh this is we just were there in December early December with a, a consultation of uh people from all the agencies of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod including the World Mission the uh, uh Lutheran World Relief the Orphan Grain Train uh, most ministries, uh, things of that nature, to get them involved in helping in this uh, repatriation of these people coming from the north back to the south. And uh, so this year uh, we're hoping that in July we're going to be there to dedicate this uh, uh, two-story uh, building, the largest structure in that whole area being built today. Uh, that that will be dedicated and uh, the full move of the church uh, will take place and the center will then become uh, this small area known as uh, uh, Baguga. So um, those are the release of the Book of Concord. Uh, another Book of Concord will probably be coming off the press towards the end of the year uh, in Swahili which will be used in Kenya and Tanzania and other areas of Africa. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? I think I've kept you uh, long enough. I will simply say uh, uh, please consult and go to the website. You'll see all the books there that are listed, that are published, and uh, uh, a lot of other information on the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. And I thank you very much for this opportunity to uh, chat with you. And I hope that... Uh, uh, the word about the Lutheran Heritage Foundation can spread and that we can continue to grow and that the work will increase. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Ron. And again, that website is lhfmissions.org. Right. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the product, the product suggestion, suggestion of the week. Of the week. Speaking of Lutheran documents... Aegis Software has an excellent library of electronic editions of the Church Fathers and a whole bunch of other materials. They're distributed in affordable and cross-platform PDFs on CD-ROM or DVD-ROM. What they lack, though, is a Lutheran compilation. The Reformation collection is good, but I'd love to see a compilation of everything from Luther to Chemnitz to Walther, and even more modern. A lot of that is available through CPH's Libronics offerings, but not all, and that's not cross-platform, even though Libronix is now available for the Mac. It's not as affordable as the Ages materials either. So someone compile these resources, index them, and distribute them. Time for
Last year, our congregation celebrated our 125th anniversary. We made a DVD using iMovie and iDVD from Apple, but I'm sure you could use something similar on the Windows side. It was a two-disc set that included interviews with longtime members on one disc and a series of slideshows set to music on the other. We also made VHS copies available by videotaping the DVDs. It was very well received, and the cost per set to the congregation was something like $3 per set, including the discs, case, labels, and ink to print the labels. And the finished product was just short of professional, since we didn't use expensive paper for the labels. Otherwise, it was excellent and very feasible. Next week on Lutheran Weekly, we feature David Hunstead from Old Lutheran Incorporated, a company that redefines joy in the gospel. Based out of Minnesota, they're about as close to Lake Wobegon as you're going to get. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly. Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com slash forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.